welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. We're your hosts, Johnny and John. And today, this and this is our second episode on The Great Hunt, book two of The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The esteemed Wheel of Time. Yes, esteemed. And, and from what I've heard, at points, controversial. <laughs> <laughs> or at least certain, I should say, certain books being controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what website I went to a while back, but they just... I mean, it was mostly on Eye of the World, and they were uh, mostly criticizing the, um, the the similarity to Lord of the Rings of and how it was just all fantasy tropes ever. But they were absolutely ripping it to shreds. You know, it's and, weird because I feel and like... it ruined my month. <laughs> I feel like there's so much worse Tolkien clones than that. Like, in terms of, like... Like, I just in terms of... Yeah, just in general, I feel like there's Tolkien clones that are much more beat for beat without any sort of, like, deviation. Like, this is just another skin of someone trying to rewrite Lord of the Rings. It was called the Broken Wheel of Time Project, and it was modeling after Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay. Um, if you've ever watched that. I don't think so. Yeah, it's just uh, kind of critics being critics of course and, and all that <laughs> of it, course yeah it was it, it was criticizing it for being uh using all these tropes but it's like some of which you know it if not uh invented then um progressed at, at upon. least pro- progressed upon well or um just uh, revamped you know yeah so yeah. That, yeah no i think that's right i mean it, and that's well, it's interesting because even Tolkien wasn't like Lord of the Rings is not a wholly original work. <laughs> like, no, I mean, you don't say. <laughs> like, so I mean, like it, it's as far as like epic fantasy goes, like it is because it. I mean, it invented the genre for all intents and purposes. Right. But like, it, it's as far as mythology yeah, goes, absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely like, not. Norse mythology, Christianity, like that type of stuff. Although I keep hearing with Wheel of Time that he. That it, there's a lot of Eastern influences with Wheel of Time. Yeah. Um, um, for, yeah, with the... Um, like, Cycles I'm, is, like, the big one I'm seeing. Cycles and then the, um, the Aes Sedai in general. Um, not, not to date, not the Aes Sedai in the current era, but the um, original male-to-female balance... Um, and particularly the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai, which... Like, like the yin-yang? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Sense of balance. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, well, it's the second episode of the book, so I think it's about the right time we talk about the prologue. I, I would agree, yeah. yeah. I mean, because prologues usually start in the middle of a book, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's how I understand it. Um, so we are looking at a um, a your run of the maybe run of the mill dark friend maybe a little more than run of the mill dark mm. friend um, convening in this um, shadowy hall presided over by uh, Baal Zaman the yep. dark one mm. uh, and this was when I think it was as early as this that you said that you realized that this was. This, you were going to like this book better? Yes. Uh, I was hooked earlier. Uh, and 
I was hooked with the prologue of Eye of the World, but I knew with Eye of the World that, like, you're getting this kind of really impactful epic prologue, but then you're gonna, then, like, you have to go to the Shire afterwards. Not, not you have to go to the Shire, but I mean, like... You know he will. Yeah, you know he will, and, like... I mean, I, I'd also read the book before, but, like, it, it's... You, you know that it will be a long time before you fully comprehend or understand the significance of that prologue. Yes. Whereas with this... I mean, you you don't know who... So that Boris is the character that it's about, mm-hmm. or the man named Boris or whatnot. Yes. The man who called himself Boris. That's yes. pretty cool. That's pretty cool it way is. to phrase no, it. No, I like it. Um... And you don't know who he is, like who he, like who he is, or if his actual name is Bors, or if he has an identity, like out, like who, if his, if his, if his actual name is not Bors, what or who he is outside of this meeting. Mm-hmm. But like you kind of get a sense, it gives you a sense of scope for like how much the Dark One has infil- or has infiltrated, like the world because that what that whole scene did for me was just show the scope of all the people involved with trying to who at the time either actually supported the dark one out of like because they wanted to or out of fear or whatnot mm-hmm. because you have like there were people with eyes and eye rings and like a yeah. few other like nobles that he was able to like boards was able to piece out oh well like i i don't know who they are but they have this piece of clothing on which Marks them as a noble from this territory, from this like city, and like. And you get the scope mm-hmm. of it, um, and your point about the, uh, the the prologue of the world being different is a good one because uh, since this is going on right now, it, it immediately um, invests you in um, alternate um, parts of the. Of, of the world, yes. um, which are going to be relevant now, as opposed to something that you know is a long game. Yes, ex- exactly. And obviously this is also a long game, but like you said, you, there are, there are, like this impacts things right away. Yes. Because the meeting's like, hey, like these three people, like they need to die, or, or rather, they, not they need to die. They need to be brought to me, especially mm. this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and it, it's even if you don't know, aren't going to find out for a while um, uh, who Bors is, even if you're not going to find out for a while who's wearing these Aes Sedai rings, right. um, which is extremely relevant, of course. Yes. And um, it's still, you don't, you still, even though by the end of the book, you know at least, so you know, like, Leandrin is. One of the black Asha. You still, sure. you still don't sure. know. And she might like, have been there, but right. the, but the, this what this scene shows is that the um, the the pool is depressingly deep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how are you ever going to navigate those water? Yeah, you know about Leandrin now, um, but this goes so far. We don't know who all the Forsaken are. Uh, we don't know right. um, about any any of these other um, again run of the mill type. Dark because they could be anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, and kind of on this going up, this kind of goes to the climax. Inktar is a dark friend. Yes. So, and I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's like, so, so Inktar was a, one of basically the second or third in command 
in I almost said fall and um the uh what's the city that they start in? Uh, Faldara? Yeah, so he's like this, he's like the second, he's like this main captain of like the military guard there, basically. Yes. Who yeah. goes with the party to find the horn after it's retrieved. Right. And, go ahead. And the idea of dark friends in the borderlands is a, is a truly terrifying thing because um, they, they, they need to throw everything they can get bec- at, at the blight because yes. they're right there. Um and that's just such a, an unsettling feeling that it really could be anybody. But it's also good because, and this is kind of uh, shifting to talking about Ingtar, mm-hmm. you have people who you know, are going to being dark friends, but they're not, it's, it's not especially black and white because he's redemptive. Yes, right, the, exactly, yeah, because that was, yeah, because he basically sacrifices himself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. so... And, and and whether or not he was at that meeting, it's not. But I mean, to my knowledge, it wasn't. There, there are no clues, at least in the prologue, saying, "Hey, Inktar's here." Mm-hmm. Like like looking backwards. Not to my knowledge. I'm sure there are uh, clues that it's talk. He's talking about specific, or Jordan rather, or Boris. Yeah, he's talking about specific people at that meeting whose um, revelation is going to be a lot later. Yes, like. Yeah. yeah, like like, like you boar. don't know, like like boars. <laughs> oh, like, oh, like boars. <laughs> yeah, like boars. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and you, you do know who boars is. I do, yes, because I'm yes, because of where I am in the series. Oh, you know, no. Oh, you. I, I thought I was just gonna say you know Boars' real name. Oh, you you know, you you he's been revealed. Uh, not like it's kind of explicitly, but okay. we we can either we can talk about that after the podcast or. After we're done recording, okay. or when we get to that book. <laughs> yes, yes we will. But, either way, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, this, it, it sets the stakes and, like, the scope for, like, how the extent of, like, the Dark Ones are reached. Mm-hmm. I will say that the, the overall character um, of this series is more like Tolkien in the um, treatment of good versus evil mm-hmm. than it is like Martin. Yes. <laughs> but you yes. have um, not only Ingtar, who is um, in, the, in, in these dark friend circles, but is, is moved to um, reject it when it counts most. Yes. But you also have Geoffrey... Uh, or Jeff from Bornhold, mm-hmm. who is a really level-headed white cloak. What? Yeah, a level-headed guy in this um, in this uh, zealous organization. Yeah, you could say it's a little zealous because he basically he gets um, his orders from I, I forget all the different titles of the white cloak. So basically, the leader sent him a letter saying, "Hey, go." I forget, I forget who gets what instructions when. Um, I'm not but, sure either, but or, I know he's dealing with uh, Pedron Mial as as a leader. He's uh, dealing with Yakim Karadin in the um, in the questioners and the questioners in general. Yes. And he is, and he's got Bayar. Oh wait, wait, Karadin's <laughs> in this book? Did I like miss that? Is he not in? Okay, well, I, well he he. 
he's I'm sure this is as as an example of someone yeah, yeah, yeah. who's a lot more um, Hi- forthright and and higher up. Yes. No. He he might be. I must. I, I might not have picked up on. No, I think he is because no he. Or he might be introduced in the prologue he, to book three. I, I, I don't know. Either well, either way, Bornhold, he like meets with questioners, right? As yes. He's like at points in this book. Yes. And they don't all necessarily, and they don't really get along per se entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, but yeah. Point being, um, it's it's important that we are seeing these individuals um, that are kind of setting themselves apart from these larger, crazier forces, and it's somewhat unfortunate that they both die. Yeah, they, yeah, in this book, which is, yeah, which is, like, kind of surprising, because I was expecting, I mean, I, I didn't really have a particular attachment to Intar, but I was expecting Bornhall to have a longer arc amongst the next, like, two or three books, mm-hmm. in which he eventually, like, either switches sides or, like, breaks off on the White Cloaks with, like, a group of, like, soldiers and kind of does his own thing. And, well, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Well, he, he, he goes out pretty well. Yes. Um, and his death does have a it has purpose. <laughs> it has, it, it has, has a It has a definite purpose, and I don't know how clear that purpose is um, at near it's, the end of this book. It's not to my knowledge, but it does affect things that happen later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not it's not squandering anything. It is just um, it's it's part of a grander scheme. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, see here. So oh what do we do we want to go into the Shanchen? Uh, yeah, let's yeah, just let's, let's just that. let's, let's do, do that. Or we've been chomping at the bit way too long with the Shanchan. <laughs> um they are how did you put it? I know exactly how you put it, but I want you to say it. So, well, so the Shanchan in this story are an invading force who yeah, are are they are an invading they're a force that is invading does the world have like a name like Middle Earth or like Temerant? King Killer or like no, um, but it is the word that fans use more than anything else is rambling. Oh yeah, I've heard yeah, I've heard that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. So, um, they're 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 invading the con- so the Shantan are invading the continent because they believe that they had the primal right and it was their land. Yes, well, previous like they were stolen from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yes, and how that that origin is explored in this book? I don't, I don't think so. I I don't think it is. They just kind of state like some of them just state we're taking it back. I mm, think. Okay, I like guess more just like yeah, like I think it's more just grand like them grandstanding about how they're taking it yeah, back. So what was there? Yeah, so they're, yeah, there are these people from across the Earth Ocean that um, that use um, powered people as their um, slaves. Yeah. Sure, we'll put it that way. <laughs> and Jordan really makes you feel the helplessness and injustice and everything of and loss of power of slavery um, mm-hmm. through having one of the main characters experience it. Yeah. However, temporarily. So basically, the, the Shan Shan 
the Shantan are able to chain people who can channel mm -hmm. with these devices called a dog. Well, in this book it says it's explicitly they can only do it to women. But I mean, I, I don't know how that worked with men. If that would work with men, but I mean, they only use it on women, at least right now. And basically, like, I mean... Because, wow, man, the Shan Chan... They kill I any man. They kill channel. men. Yeah, they kill yeah. men. So, like pretty much every other culture. <laughs> yeah. Like except, or yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um. Um. Well, what the I yield do is pretty cool. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna go there, but yeah, that'll be that's that's different. Um. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically, your Suldam, who is basically the master, mm -hmm. like chains up the Demani, who are the women that can channel, mm -hmm. and basically that Adam, the chain, gives them complete mastery over the Demani. Mm -hmm. So, so, Leandrin, Trix, Egwene, and Egwene, Elaine, Min, and Nine, all yes. over there, right? Yes. Yeah, to come with her uh, to fall, because they have to save Rand or something like that. I'm mm -hmm. sure it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, and then Gwaine gets chained, and basically, every time she disobeys her master, it's like the Cruciatus curse hits her. Yep. <laughs> and like, basically, yeah. like, her master can make her feel whatever pain or whatever she wants just by thinking it. This would be extremely, getting extremely interesting if there weren't uh, blatant consent issues. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, but yeah, so um, it's uh, Egwene and Min who get captured, and, and Nynaeve and Elaine are free. Um, and it it's not much of a spoiler to say that there are consequences of this experience for Egwene going forward. Yeah, because even like even immediately after yeah words like when she gets rescued, which. She, again, this isn't, I think, an important part. When she gets rescued by Nynaeve and Elaine, because <laughs> uh, I was for a little bit thinking that Rand was going to come and save her, and that would have been like, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel no, about no, that. No, no. <laughs> no, it ended up being the other girls, which yeah. is super great. Um, but it's really one of the greatest um, uh, dynamics in the series for me is what they... Just, and I didn't... for. Before we started this, I this uh, this podcast series, I didn't realize that um, this happened then, or I forgot that it uh, was revealed mm -hmm. then. But the fact that Soldam also can channel. also channel, yeah, and that's um, not something that is that something that only uh, people on this side of the ocean, that um, Marth Damani or um, yes. Aya Sedai, can pick up on. The Shan Chan as a whole do not realize this, and so can you imagine if uh, they did? Yeah, here. So okay, so here's what I don't, and I have this don't get about this. How did they not realize that? Like, I mean, I I I forget if like the so they like when women are a certain age, they like test them to see if they can channel, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how would they? I mean. I, I, it might be explained or not, but I mean, how, basically, how would at no point in history the Shanchan not have realized that Suldam can also channel? 
But how would Saldam not have realized they can also channel? There's there's a difference or um, between it's, it's something like uh, having the spark and having to um, having it being recognized that you have the spark or being able to channel from an early age versus simply having the potential to channel. And gotcha. the domain are likely the people who are recognized to be channeled from an early age, from an early age yeah. so they're caught and and sub, made subservient very yeah. quickly versus the Saldam, which are it's just like, oh, you have the potential to... And I don't know how they rationalize this, but it's like you have the potential to... Um, chain these dangerous magic wielders yeah and we don't know why but you you can't you obviously can't channel because it's not it wasn't um noticed at an early age so they're that, not put in the same mm, category okay no that that makes that makes sense that makes sense right hmm. um no that makes sense but, um now the one kind of com- larger comment about the Dramani i was going to make is that this this is a, in terms of evil things, I think that this is the most evil thing that we have seen thus far in the series. And I, the comparison I will make is one to Harry Potter in that the, I think the Demani are, are in my view, more, or at least I feel more anger towards the Demani than I do towards the Dark One. In towards the, the Soldat. Or, or like, or sorry, yeah, towards uh, the whole yeah, relationship. The, yes, the the towards the relationship between the, between the Soldam and Damani, I think is a is more evil that or more anger inducingly evil than the Dark One and his forces. In the same way that I think that Umbrit and Harry Potter, spoilers if you haven't read it, kind of, but like. <laughs> Or seen the movie. Or seen the movie that Umbridge is more evil. That I think Umbridge is more evil than Voldemort. The the main difference in that concept being. Uh, well, I guess I'll st- I'll use the Wheel of Time stuff as an example, but it's the same holds true in my opinion for the Harry Potter stuff. That the 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 Dark One wants power and world domination, right? Like that's that's his goal. Like, yes. So like, and, and like. Maybe some of his followers enjoy, like, the pain that they, like, cause other people, like, in a sadistic way. But, like, ultimately, like, if, if that gets in the way of them, like, like, if, if them, like, if them, like, really enjoying or being sadistic about the pain they're causing gets in the way of them accomplishing their goals, they don't, they'll forego that just so they can go accomplish their goals. Whereas the, the Soldam genuinely enjoy and get a sadistic, like, thing out of, like, watching the Demani, like, t- be tortured. And this, yeah. Well, this one does. Or, or this, this, this one, yeah. yeah. Maybe not all of them. Hashtag not all Soldam. <laughs> but oh, it does boy. make me wonder, what, does the, does evil exist, um, at least viscerally? Does it exist in small acts? Do we not recognize? Um, do we get get more of a, a a thrill of anger when we see like these these small acts of cruelty 
versus mm. something just on a massive scale, like like a dictatorship, like yeah. a dictator like Hitler or Stalin, mm-hmm. um, just because it's something we can process better. It's it's the it's like the difference between um, Maleficent um, and uh, the evil stepmother from Cinderella. When yes. you have you have these two evil people yeah. who are um, one of whom just like kind of uh, takes over an entire kingdom and affects all these people, whereas the evil stepmother, yeah. Lady Tremaine, affects only one person. Right. Yeah, because just even like correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not. It's been a while since I either watched the Disney Sleeping Beauty or the Maleficent movie, but I mean she she just she wanted to make Sleeping Beauty sleep so that she could just rule the kingdom, right? The fact that. Sleeping Beauty was sleeping. She, because she didn't get invited to a birthday party. Yes, yeah, yeah. So but like, that's a separate thing. <laughs> yeah, so like she... But, but it, it's... I mean, she does her evil cackling thing when Sleeping Beauty goes to sleep or whatever, but it's more like a ha, I got you type of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to like... like Constant domination yes. and sadistic pleasure um, on... It, it just seems to matter, to in, in this case, yes. it seems to matter to me that it's on this small scale. Yeah, that no. we can understand it better. Yes, no, I, yeah, like, and I, I think that processing and, like, comprehension thing is, like, like, also, it is, like, also, like, important and, in this context. And same thing with Egwene, because we get this sense that already she's this really powerful, um, yeah person to be reckoned with and at least I get a sense that like they're cheating basically by oh, <laughs> by, the, by the, not overcoming the soldam yes. or in Shan Chan in general not by or, overcoming yeah. her power but by using it against her it's this sense of like take this chain off we'll see what happens yeah, <laughs> sort of thing basically yeah which makes it really satisfying when she does get freed and the like now and here's kind of yeah this is I, I want to see more fights with the one power <laughs> You will. Because okay. I, I, I'm aware that I will, but, like, so they break out of, like, the house that they keep all... Or, Egwene and friends break out of the house that they're keeping all the demonian, and then, like, I think it's Egwene that immediately, like, she sees, like, Shanchen Chol... Shanchen Chol... Oh, no. Sol- Say that five times fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, she turns towards the soldiers... She basically just like waves her hand, and the ground just like erupts beneath them, <laughs> like because she's just she's she's like nope, not having not having this. <laughs> um, we're yeah, we're 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 done with this part. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's yeah, everything I've seen, you we you and I both agree. It's just like nothing nothing beats this in terms of just pure in in the series it, it, nothing beats this in terms of pure there is okay there's something that i'm thinking of but for the most part okay. it's like <laughs> this is just everyone hates this men hate reading it women hate reading it it's, it's yeah. just straight up evil yeah I, I think it's also interesting the fact that at least in mo in it's all women doing it to other women yeah are, are there any men soldam uh, I don't. No. Not, I don't think so. No. Um, which is interesting because if they don't realize that there's a difference between channeling early and channeling late, yeah. then you would think there wouldn't be an issue with thinking. Oh, if, if if these 
men who are ch- who are channeling late mm. aren't really channelers, then they wouldn't be killed, That's and they true. can still con- control the women. I think it has a lot to do with how Shanshan's society is structured. Yeah, mm. but I'm I'm messy on the details of it. It's, no, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a lot of things. It's kind of a note on Jordan's writing, and this isn't a bad thing per se, but there are kind of certain when he's describing different cu- cultural things and all that, like the like certain things, like like what I was just saying, like the details of why, like why they that some some certain details can be unclear, and so like why there's a difference between like at least why the Shantan see a difference between the soldat what the soldam do and what the Dramani do. Right. Wise. So like that, yeah. and, and maybe, and that's not like a bad thing. Maybe that's just a like I'm just not comprehending it, and he did state it more clearly than I'm like remembering. Um, but, or or it it becomes clearer later. Yeah, that's and and that's yeah. I, I and to be fair, this is book two, so I mean it's like yeah, there's a lot of stuff that will presumably be like re-explained and expanded on mm-hmm. and whatnot as we like progress, right? Yeah, yeah. This, the, that is something that I had trouble with with um, creative writing writing teachers I've been with in the past. Is I don't understand everything right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point. Uh, <laughs> they should never read Mistborn then. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I yeah, I, I love that whole um, arc of of. Uh, turning the magic system on its head for it to mean the exact opposite. I love that. Well, yes. Yeah. I may, I, I'm eventually will probably, or at least I will probably eventually do a Mistborn podcast with someone, but yeah, yeah look forward to that. That's a, that would be, we have things that, that would be way down the road, but, <laughs> um, um, let's, yeah, as, as long as we're, um, lingering in the end of the book, let's make sure we get to the climax yes. and then, and then we'll see what comes after that. So, I don't think we talked about Rand's climax-specific things. Mm-hmm. And, again, this there's a um, a sense of it all feeling unearned for you. If I, I think we yes, mentioned that, but... We, yeah, I think I might have mentioned it in terms of the horn, but basically, in the climax, Rand, deal, Rand has a duel with Turok, who's like the one of the head captains for the Shanchan in mm-hmm. Fall, yeah. who's also a blade master. And Rand beats him. And I'm kind of like, which effectively makes Rand a blade master. Because mm-hmm. like, there are two ways to be... Well, in in there, in like the Randland culture, there's two ways to become a blade master, right? Like mm-hmm. you defeat another one and you're like recognized by others. Pass a test, yeah, I, I guess. Something yeah. like that. Um, and Which, so it, like, it, it calls into question what are the conditions of beating the blade master? It is yeah. have to be you have to be like both um, a sanctioned match or rather, like... rather yeah either uh, just kind of healthy and having both legs intact and and facing each other face to face instead yeah. of just like cutting hey I cut his throat I'm a blade master I doubt that's how it works yeah and, so it's and so it just it felt it felt kind of Gary do like for me because it was like all right well he yeah rand had a few sword lessons with lan and yeah he's probably been working on it for the course of this book in bits and pieces of eye of the world like 
could he believably beat this guy that's been studying like the sword for his entire life? Probably not. No. 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 There's. It feels like there's um, either Jordan had um, a la- uh, kind of a, a Gary Stewish, as you say, lapse in judgment there, or there's something else going on here. Yeah, and the 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 other the the situation in which that's believable to me is if Rand was say doing like an avatar state type thing where he was basically channeling his channeling channeling his like past lives as the dragon right of whom i'm sure there were plenty of blade masters across however many cycles yeah um uh although kind of yeah um yeah but i mean the duel itself is really cool the way like i really liked how jordan wrote the duel like it's Mm -hmm. a really cool sequence yeah um i mean what, um, whether this is um, an inner life um, speaking to Rand to do, or it's just a condition of him not really having his footing at first, because mm. um, at first he barely holds his own, and you're like biting your nails about it, um, and he's always on the defensive, and then he really quickly goes into the attack, um, which throws Turok off his guard and I get the sense that um, if that rush um, on Rand's part hadn't ended in Turok's death and Turok had been able to recover it might might not yeah I don't think it would have gone so well for Rand that's that's fair no that that makes I can I can believe yeah I can accept that or he's the avatar or or, hey he is the avatar that that that'd be an interesting I mean this is this is a discussion I bet we'll have probably once we get to the end of the book, like Avatar and Dragon comparisons, because <laughs> oh, they're man. basically. I mean, they're in. They're I'll probably in, have to watch um, Last Airbender. Last Airbender in full. Yeah, and, and get all the details. I'll, yeah, it's. I mean, functionally, it seems like they're pretty much the same. Like functionally, they're pretty much the, very similar. I'm not going to say the same thing because, like the avatar's job is to create balance i mean maybe that's the dragons too i don't know enough right now well, he really has say. to save the world and destroy it oh that's right yes yeah. so, <laughs> so that's kind of the balance yeah it is balance yeah so like it's so like it but in in terms of cycles and past life stuff yeah because like everyone ref- or not everyone but like the forsaken and like a few other people like always refer to rand as loose theron <laughs> Um, which is funny because he's like, I'm not loose there. And I'm like, no, but yeah, you kind of are <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the, it's this episode in Avatar where, and where they're on, where Aang, who's like the main character of Avatar is they're on Kyoshi Island. So a- Kyoshi was a past Avatar and this village is accusing Aang of killing this person. And, and he's like, but I'm not like, but like, I was in alive 300 years ago. And he's like, well, are you not the Avatar? Like, Kyoshi was here 300 years ago, and you're the same person. So it, it's, a, it's just a really... It, that that does sound really intriguing. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. We'll, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little more once I, at least as the reader, know more about the dragon. But. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, and then what about the, the second duel with Baal Zaman? Um, which really feels like, um, 
it's 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 a step upward in that it's like uh it it feels more like it's really happening in the moment as opposed to book one and it's um it's it's in the sky too (laughs) that yeah which which is which is everything's cooler every sky everything is cooler if it's in the sky (laughs) Um, and then you have, what, what do you, it's not a deus ex machina, what, what do you call it? Because we have the, the oh, sheathing the sword. Yeah, the sheathing the, I forget the, like, it, it kind of acts as a deus, oh, no it doesn't, because, like, it's a character, it's a character decision of Rand to say, I have to, like, lose the battle, quote-unquote, meaning get stabbed in order to, quote-unquote, win the war, like, quote-unquote, kill or defeat Balzaman. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, it makes you wonder what is what 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 is winning if you're willing to allow yourself to like because you because you could die from that wound. Yes, and that wound, there are like complications from that. <laughs> yes, like yes, yeah, yes. which which it, I did it comes which, at a cost. Yeah, which I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only, I honestly the the fight in book one I actually works a little better for me from, like, a plot storytelling structure point of view, because in that one, it's like, it's pretty clear he's pretty drunk on the one power. Like, it's pretty much like... it's it, The whole thing is very hazy and, like, dreamlike. And so kind of, like... And, and so it, 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 it felt... The way that he kind of wins instinctually in Eye of the World and that stuff, um, um, it, 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 I, I bought it a little more, because it's like, okay, like, I, I could buy this guy basically getting super juiced up on, like, this really, on, like, the one power, and just, like, releasing a ton of it, or kind of, like, instinct just kind of taking over and for that. And just being like, able to waste these super powerful guys as a result, right? Yes, yeah, whereas in this one, it's, it's, and also, but also, I wasn't expecting that in the first one. Whereas this one, at least, he's a little more ready. It seems, mm-hmm. where he seems just, like he just—it's—he realizes, whoa, I'm I'm dealing with really dealing with someone here. Is it is it lose Theron? I don't know. But yeah. It, mm-hmm. But it. But like, I need to take this. Seriously. Whether or not he is, I have to take him seriously. Yes, and again, it's like the Turok duel. It's really cool. Like I, like I really like the way Jordan writes it, and like especially how that weaves into like the like battle going on on the ground with like the like great hunt, like great hunt. But um, I said the thing. The um <laughs> with the uh like the back from the dead Archer Hawkwing army people. Um, like I like how it that kind of interacts with the Rand Balsamon stuff, but... I mean, it, it works, ultimately, because, again, it, it's solved because of a Rand character decision. Mm-hmm. But, rather than, like, I am the dragon. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, now, one thing that I would like to talk about that we hadn't... Um, that, or that I hadn't really uh, thought about in a while... Um, is the um, is what you think about the portal stones because the methods of traveling um, in the series change over time as I might have said before yes. and 
it's a lot like I kind of look at the ways mm-hmm. and portal stones. Um, and have we seen skimming yet? By this point, I don't know what skimming is, so I'm gonna go. It's that. where you're on the the disc and you are going through the darkness. No. Okay. I, I don't. Okay. Know well, that means. comes up, but even okay. something that's coming up. Yeah. I think of all those things as you know. We might think of, uh, oh God, we had to go in a cart and a horse everywhere. <laughs> Just these yeah. obsolete methods of track because there are faster methods, and I guess I guess you could call skimming one of them. Mm-hmm. There are faster methods available to um, people who can channel, um, and so I'm. A lot of this kind of escapes my mind, the portal stones, because it just seems like something that's so far in the past. No, that's interesting. I mean, that, that's interesting, especially saying, given how, like, you obviously have the perspective of, like, the entire series. Right. <laughs> but it, it matters um, still because of these glimpses of other worlds that we get. Yes. We get it um, with... I think we're just getting... Well, we get it with this, and we get it with the... Um, the uh, Stone Arch Terangriel. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the what are the implications of seeing all these parallel worlds this early in the series before we get a chance to fully know this one? Yeah. Do you that's... know what I mean? No, I I do see what you're saying. Like, um, ba- basically, the like, I forget exactly what Rand sees. I mean, I know he's he see he sees like a version of himself where like he's evil or something like, or like a version of himself where he goes crazy and like. But I mean, I in answer to your question, it it's it it kind of puts into perspective everything that's happening now in terms of, like, wait, okay, like, so what are these alternate, like, worlds and, like, is this, are they real? Are we just, like, seeing potential futures based off of, like, decisions that the characters could make? Um, or, or like alternate pasts. I, mm-hmm. I think it. I think it goes into. Um, so I think one of Rand's things that he's like himself back in his field. I, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the particulars might be one way or the other. I'm just yeah. thinking of um, because we don't see these um, these forays into other. Uh, realities um, in at least in all of these different ways as much as the series goes on. And mm. I wonder if it's That's a, a result. We, we see it in, with some things, which I won't mention by name now. Right. Um, but I wonder if it's the same um, effect as everything else kind of being condensed to these first three books. Um, back when he thought the series was going to be shorter. Yeah, no, that's... I think we talked a little bit about that last time, but, yeah. that, that, but we, that, that is... That I would be... I mean, I would be curious to ask Jordan. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like well. what... 
creatively, like, if he had, if he had, like, an initial potential arc, or if there, if there wasn't such a point where he planned to end the series after the Dragon Reborn, like, would, I mean, the Dragon Reborn is the ending. I mean, not, it's obviously not, but, like... It feels like it in many ways. Yeah, it, it, there are, ha, have, yeah, this isn't about the Dragon Reborn, but, I mean, he, he could have... Had he tied up certain things in a different way, like it almost could have been. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, like getting that 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 is interesting because kind of us at least seeing this these what seeing these alternate realities says to me is oh, we're going to be getting more of this going forward, or like this is going to have some sort of some sort of implication further on in the series as far as like decisions characters make and like how that affects their arcs and where they end mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about with this book? I don't think anything major. Um, what, uh, what about the Jesus symbolism. I mean, obviously, uh, with the side wound. Yes. Yeah. There's. Uh, I. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's more just Rand. I just think more just Rand as like the savior, like returning, and and he'll have to die to do it. That yeah. Prophecy. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously that's a. The, yeah. It's. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. You know, I'll. I'm curious to see how it plays out and what parts of kind of the Christ, like, like, the Christ story, like, Rand kind of in, embodies, um, because he, he kind of, nobody else, at least that I can tell, really has that similar weight, because, like, so, if you look at, if you look at Lord of the Rings, and I, I guess kind of spoilers for Lord of the Rings, but, like, so Frodo, Gandalf, and Aragorn are all kind of like Christ figures in Lord of the Rings. Frodo, Gandalf, and Aragorn. Yes, are all like they all they all kind of like inhabit like role. That they all kind of together are, have aspects of like the Jesus like symbolism. Yeah, uh, and, Gandalf with because of resurrection yeah. and magic tricks. Imagine um, magic tricks. Aragorn, um, the king, king because, of kings, because of, like yeah, being, yeah, being king, king of kings, king of kings, like leader of men, like kind of how 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 he's able to, like how Aragorn is able to balance like his identity as like the king of kings with also like basically doing that like the right way, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and then Frodo, it's kind of more the savior stuff. Yeah, with the burden, but a burden that isn't really informed by any sort of mandate or predestination or predestination yeah. or mythology, because these are this is a task that is was appointed to you, a, a task that really. Um, he took upon himself, first of all. He said he would do uh -huh. it. And that is immediately plain yes. and in front of him. It's like, I'm not doing this because someone said I needed to do it. I'm doing it because um, 
I have this tangible thing around my neck and I know exactly what it is every waking moment of the, of the day and yes. I have to mm-hmm. go and destroy it because I want to be free of this and I want to help everybody. Um, yes. Whereas with Rand, it's a lot more outside himself and it's based on what kind of what everyone else is saying and he's having to come to terms with a lot of that. Yeah, and himself. define himself within that maelstrom. Well, and, and which is interesting because in, in that sense, like I was saying, he's inhabiting most of the Jesus type roles in the series in just himself. Mm-hmm. That's what like I said with Lord of the Rings where like a lot of them all have, where you, you know, you, you can't really talk about Christ Jesus symbolism in Lord of the Rings without talking about all three of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, in this like Rand, like especially like, yeah, there is, and, and you don't really necessarily want to bring land into this discussion because no, even though he is, he has similarities to Aragorn. He doesn't have the centrality it, of Aragorn. Not the centrality, not the scope. Like it's it, it's not the cosmic scope that like Rand has or that like Aragorn has in Lord of the Rings. Right. Like I mean, are, are, like yeah, it's yeah. Like the, the similarities I'm, I have made in, on the earlier podcast between Land and Aragorn are more with their character arcs, the similarities in their characters and how they respond to situations and why, as opposed to, like, as opposed because they have similar destinies, but like you said, it is a scope and scale thing. And there, there are mythological parallels with one character in particular I'm thinking of, um, but um, not, not Jesus. Interesting. Okay, I, I I'm interesting. I, I'm sure that this is going to be coming up yeah. <laughs> later, but that's interesting to note. Um, and I don't, and it's especially interesting since I, I, I like I keep seeing of all this. Well, Jordan is so informed by Eastern philosophy, so I'm guessing it's some sort of. It's everything. Well, it's yeah. it's a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, well, I mean, not I obviously not specifically like just Eastern philosophy but or mythology and whatnot but mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 interesting um i mean and, uh, rand also has and i think i mentioned this in Eye of the world going along with that jesus symbol jesus art uh, jesus symbolism uh, the like he has the joseph campbell hero's journey arc yes i mean a, a lot of the character a lot of the main characters matt perrin Gwen, elaine and Elaine, not really naive, have the kind of Joseph Campbell arc, but like kind of, they almost have more specific sections of it with Egwene kind of getting a little more of it than the others. Mm-hmm. But like Rand hits the most quote unquote points mm-hmm. on the kind of hero of a thousand faces. And not, not saying that that's, that Joseph Campbell is the end all be all. I just happen to, I just happen to think that he hit, the, I happen to think that that he, when how he described the monomyth works in a lot of different story and cultural contexts. It would make sense to me how Egwene is the second, so to speak, in that regard, um, because while Perrin has an arc and Matt has an arc, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. No, yeah, um, right. I mean, he, he, he's in the story for a reason. <laughs> they are more in the habit of 
um, staying connected with Rand and being somewhat mm. subordinate to Rand, yeah. um, as opposed to um, Egwene, who is um, progressing in her own way apart from Rand, which is, again, is one of the strengths of what Jordan has decided to do with his characters. Yes, no, I, yes, I agree with that, and yeah. And and, 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 I, and I would not put Nynaeve in that because her arc isn't... I mean, I guess you could there are parts of that type of arc in there, but her arc is different than the others because it's not a coming-of-age arc at all. No, that's like, right. Yeah, it's, like it, it's, it's a... a it's a concerned aunt. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Concerned and angry aunt type of, <laughs> type of journey. Yeah, and, and angry. <laughs> or just kind of... Bitter and well, she. So, see, I would say somebody just really needs to give her a hug, but I feel like she would probably like get angry and try to like burn them if they tried to touch her, <laughs> unless it was Lan. That's right. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, but, she wouldn't get angry. No, she. Well, <laughs> she she wouldn't get angry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Burning is an entirely other conversation. <laughs> Boy. Um, but do you have any thoughts? About the, well, I, did we, no, we already talked about, like, kind of, I, the Great Hunt, like, in relation to Eye of the World, didn't we? The last episode? Yeah, we did. We, I guess we can say, I mean. Um, I thought that there was something. Well, the big thing that, I think we were to mention this, obviously, the big thing with Brand at the end is, well, he, like, officially declares himself as the dragon. Mm-hmm. And that can be recognized as the next step of the um, series, which is is more con- at this early in the series is more concentrated on okay, what's the where where is Rand now that he yeah. wasn't before, mm-hmm. and that's the case I think with in the book one through three arc, whereas after that you have you hit a lot of this is where this character is this is where this character is yes. this is everyone's moving forward a little bit which i'm kind of more looking forward to mm-hmm. but yeah i i see i definitely see what you're saying with that i personally thought the ending camp scene was really cool like just seeing him i, for, I forget the exact specifics of it but like the kind of declaration like him like don't they all kneel or the people in well the, they all yeah, like praise his yeah, they name all, like, yeah like it, it's a it, it's kind of a cool scene yeah, um, yeah, it, it was, a. Uh, um, just looking in our books, don't mind us. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, yeah, it, I don't think, well, at least one, one uh, particular kneeling scene I'm thinking of is, is not in this one, um, but this is more like just kind of proclaiming his name, and suddenly he has believers on the on the western all over the western yes. front of the continent um yes. and that's a big deal yeah that's yeah because it's mm-hmm. and and it's not this is bigger than hey like in the first book when we have what um the false dragon um mm-hmm. what's his name uh, uh well we could Hush. talk we could be talking about multiple false well, dragons. yes because there are more in this book right um yeah um are you talking about the one that's gone going through um uh, and, uh, Camelin. Yes. Logan. Yeah, Logan. Yeah, because like it, it's more than because that was like oh, the way that people talked about that in that book was oh well, 
there's another false dragon like the Aes Sedai are going to go take him down. With is this, it's more like, and it was a pretty. Yeah, it seemed at least the way it was written, like he had a pretty specific subset of people that were following him. Whereas this mm -hmm. is like, oh, there's like multiple people from multiple countries or like city or municipalities mm -hmm. or whatever that are like believing, hey, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, and you think about how hard that is because. You have to, he hits all the points, like, you have people who are mistrustful of female Aes Sedai, Let alone. Who, are, who think that they're, they're all dark friends, and not, not just white cloaks, people in, in like, uh, backwater towns like Eamon's Field are all like, oh, Aes yeah. Sedai are, are as bad as dark friends. Half of that scene when Marine shows up is like, oh, like, you can't trust an Aes Sedai, which, I mean, a lot of times, to what extent? That's a whole. That, that well, is. A, that's, that that's, is it's like. It's not totally it's not, wrong. Yeah, it's is, not false. <laughs> which is which is nice, um, and uh, Sorry, and then I you have to something. you have to go through that with um, uh, can't not even trusting female eyes to die. Then you get to male channelers mm -hmm. um, who are who are bad, and this is a male channeler that you are start slowly starting to realize he might really be the dragon reborn and. Good Lord, what else do they say about the Dragon Reborn? He's going to break the, the world, world again. Yeah, the break, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, yikes. What, yeah. what sort of fervency are we looking at here? Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the kind of implications of this and how that plays out. Mm -hmm. um, All right, I think yeah. we're, at, we're at the end of this one. Yeah. So now we're done with uh, the Great Hunt. We'll be moving into... Uh, the Dragon Reborn next time. Um, and, but until then, um, this has been Acolytes of Merlin. We are your hosts, Johnny. And John. And, and uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, no, uh, I am John. Yes, you are John. I noted that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Johnny, and we'll see you next time. All right, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.